As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When I look in the mirror, I don't see wrinkles. When I look in the mirror, I see hair on my head, not my shoulder. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bowl, the fountain of truth, the fountain of truth about aging. And today we have a, a figure uh, for, I guess, the future. A person who is an innovator, a person who I believe personally is very brave. You'll see why I feel that way in a moment. And a person who's certainly making waves in the world of aging. Now, you're going to hear about gene therapy. And I was very careful to bring on a particular person, Elizabeth Parrish. She's the CEO of BioViva because she's probably at the epicenter of gene therapy. It's controversial. Uh, it is not regulated here in the United States. She personally had to go to Columbia to be what they call patient zero, the first patient, real human being, uh, to have gene therapy. She believes very much in it. Other people feel that she's uh, way over the tips of her skis, that she shouldn't be doing unregulated research and testing. But, you know, I wanted you to know about this way before it got into the news because I believe it will be so. I'll tell you why. Innovative science has three iterations. First, derision. Everybody makes fun of it. What do you mean the world is round? What do you mean we can get into outer space? And then there's anger. The folks that, the folks that have stake interests in keeping things the same just get a little upset when things go well with innovative science. And then eventually acceptance and everybody says, Gee, you're a moron if you think that the world is flat. So here we are. Maybe we're here. Maybe we're at that tipping point in gene therapy. I don't know. Very controversial. But I do know who has an opinion, and that is, if anybody, Elizabeth Parrish. So thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So I was blown away by your presentation at RadFest, and I covered it on a few different uh, videos that are being disseminated now. And the reason I was so blown away was how clear you are about a very, very difficult topic. So I'm going to let you go on that one. First, we have to start with BioViva. Yourself, you're a humanitarian. They're a research organization. You're not a scientist. Let's say that up front. Um, you're in business. You're a business leader. But you certainly are a very good person to explain what gene therapy is to an average consumer. 
they want to know what it is, tell us right now. Sure. So um, people are going to hear a lot more about gene therapy in the future. So it's good to know what it is. So gene therapy is essentially the insertion or replacement of a gene uh, in your cells. So your genes are uh, hold the, the basically the blueprint of who you are and what you look like and vastly how you function. And with gene therapy, we have the therapeutic ability to put in a gene that essentially makes you better. So today there are nine approved globally uh, gene therapies that treat what's called monogenic disease. They treat a single gene mutation. And then my company is interested in putting together what's called uh, gene therapies for complex disorders like aging. And that's why the controversy hits the road. So don't think, folks, that there is no approved gene therapies. There are for particular diseases. But like uh, the normal situation here in the U.S., we like to look at diseases one at a time and go regulation, lots and lots of very important, not telling you that you shouldn't be doing studies and testing and lab tests. Then it gets regulated and then it gets approved. But aging is not a disease in this country. And um, there's a, in my world of ageism, I don't really want ageism aging to be a disease. But here, because it is not an endpoint, because it is not a disease, it's very difficult to do studies, lab tests, clinical tests, and say, this is going to cure aging if aging isn't a disease. So we're in this trope here. Now, you do believe that aging is a disease that could be cured, which is part of the controversy around you. So let's hear about that. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, probably aging is the most distinct pathology on the planet. Um, Almost everyone with aging uh, eventually dies of the same symptoms. Uh, They are basically cordoned off into things like heart disease, cancer, uh, kidney failure, and dementia. Uh, it has the same uh, visual uh, signs on the outside and the inside of the body. So even if you look at the brain of an 86-year-old who doesn't have dementia, you'll see massive atrophy. So it, it really is a distinctive condition. And things like irritable bowel syndrome and cancer, which vary greatly um, at the core of, of mechanism, actually um, are considered one disease. So by considering aging a disease, uh, we can then target aging as an endpoint in clinical studies, and that would uh, greatly uh, speed up the uh, regulatory system in approving therapies that can treat the whole population. And by the way, don't get alarmed, folks. Uh, There's a lot of very uh, important geroscientists like Nir Barzillai, who's been on our show, and many others who are working right now with the FDA to find better words and going through trials on metformin, uh, just for not for diabetes, not for a specific disease, but for aging itself. So I actually think that's going to get worked out. But with gene therapy, you had to go out of this country to get gene therapy and be the first patient. Uh, and I think this is, this is why there's been so much press about what you personally did. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, that's one thing that I definitely fight for is patients' right and agency uh, to do to their body what they uh, need to do in order to survive. And certainly aging being the, the greatest medical unmet need and the biggest killer actually on the planet. So non-communicable diseases kill about 74% of the population of the whole planet. 
And uh, aging associated diseases are the top four killers in the non-communicable disease uh, area. So people need access to new medicine. And, uh, you know, I was uh, really a proponent of testing this therapy and legally could not do it in the United States. And, you know, now I'm pushing towards legislation that will allow uh, patients to have access to this type of technology. So now you know why I said uh, in my introduction to Liz Parrish, who's the CEO of BioViva, we're going to give you an opportunity, as we always do, to learn more on your own, to get the newsletter and so on. You know always we endorse no one. We take no money from anybody. Uh, this is the show for me giving back to the world with regard to longevity because I didn't have any in my family. Liz, for those of you who don't know, I think my listeners know, most everybody uh, who I love died before the age of 60. Wow. And my dad at 72, at 42, I should say, and my mom uh, did live till 92, but very unhealthy at the end. So aging was not, I had the genetics of a fruit fly, if you want to do a little <laughs> gene therapy. Uh, but, I'm you know, I know it's it's true, but the fact is I'm heading at 75 and uh, so far so good. So a lot of this has to do with personal gerotherapeutics and personal interventions. I'm not a biohacker, but I know little things that you can do to live longer. And that's why I'm a believer and certainly interested in anything new. So this is why I said you were brave. Let me explain that um, Liz Parrish did gene therapy for aging, not for a specific disease, on herself, in Colombia, with unregulated protocols in the sense of approved. And uh, I think that's, weren't you afraid? Because you don't really know what all of the side effects would be. That's why the FDA is all at a ball about this thing. Didn't scare you at all to try this? Well, you know, there was there were some concerns, but we had spent um, almost two years looking at these two gene therapies that I took and looking at all of the animal data. Um, the, the genes that my company works with all have what's called meta-analysis, meaning they have been observed and tested in multiple labs that are not associated with one another. So we're taking the lowest hanging fruit that's been in research the longest in translating it to humans. So even even though we did not know all the risks, uh, we did look at the data the best that we could. But of course, um, you know, when the day came to take the gene therapy, everyone was uh, a little nervous that was involved. And I was worried, you know, for, for months afterwards. And so far, so good. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Elizabeth Parrish about BioViva and what it's doing right now, but also how she is doing after that gene therapy. She says, A-OK. And we'll bring back a word that we've discussed many times on many shows, and that's telomeres. Uh, and how, you know, uh, I used to end the show by saying, may your telomeres be long and prosper. But we'll see if that's still an important biomarker of aging. All of it. That doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da 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 da, da 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 da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. 
And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bowl, the fountain of truth, the fountain of truth about aging. And this show is about many things because aging is for all of us. This is definitely not one of those podcasts about being old and how to take care of your older parent or caregiving, all very important. And we have many, many podcasts that you can see archived on adrianberg.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, BizTalk Radio. We're all over the place. We've just been picked up by the National Association of Baby Boomer Women, and you can see on babyboomer.org all of our work. So it's, yes, indeed, we talk about pickleball, or at least I'm the anti-pickleball. Apparently, there's a new book called Pickleball for Dummies, about the best title I've ever heard for a book. But in addition to lifestyle, in addition to how to look good, in addition to where to travel, we really get into the bones of the future of aging, and that's what we're doing here. Today, we're speaking with Elizabeth Parrish. She is the CEO of BioViva. She is a patient advocate, no doubt. She is patient zero, meaning the first human that we know anyway, to take gene therapy, not for a particular disease, but to see if it could reverse aging, right, or delay aging. Unapproved, controversial. She had to leave the country to do this. But uh, I feel right now, Liz, as if, I was uh, interviewing a uh, an astronaut in the early <laughs> days of space travel uh, because it's innovative. I don't know what's going to happen, but you actually did it. So you came back. You're alive. You look gorgeous. I saw you on, on stage. What uh, are you measuring in yourself to see the result of this gene therapy and how is it working out? That's a really good question. So before you do any sort of an intervention, you want to take a bunch of um, pre-analysis, right? So we took a telomere test. uh, We took blood work. We took MRI images for my body uh, so that we could get a a better uh, view of what was happening. And we've continued to take those tests. Now, since then, uh, people who are looking to treat aging, there's a, a whole slew of new testing available that wasn't available when I first took gene therapy in 2015. And that's things like uh, DNA methylation and uh, DEXA scans and things like that. So, um, so what we did is we looked at telomere length, we looked at muscle mass via uh, MRI imaging, and then we did a lot of blood work. And that's the kind of work that we continue to follow and we can use to report upon what happened to me because we have the pre-analysis. But of course, I uh, participate in all of the tests that are available around biological aging. So I'm going to talk about telomeres in a moment, but first, people are fascinated by this. How do they find BioViva, which, believe me, is not for the consumer? I tried <laughs> myself to bring uh, to the consumer things they'd never know about. But you do have also a wonderful newsletter that is consumer-oriented. So tell us yeah. how to find that. So, yeah, we're a research and development company, and you can find us at bioviva-science.com and sign up for the newsletter. And then the newsletter is much more layperson-friendly. Uh, lets you know what we're doing, uh, what we're up to, and any studies that we might be involved in around gene therapy. So let's let's get back to telomeres. A few years ago, probably around 2015, uh, it became a big thing, and they were. I read one of the first books on telomeres, which is uh, when cells get shorter and shorter, and eventually too short. It's a huge sign of aging and a huge a huge cause of the deficits of aging. 
And yeah, people so- would take stuff for it. They would take over-the-counter stuff or nutraceuticals. Is that still a measure? It seems to me you do think so. And your telomeres will lengthen. So explain that. Yeah. So telomeres are the caps at the ends of the chromosomes. And so every time your cell divides, uh, mRNA goes and it reads down the entire chromosome. And then a little bit of the cap is lost with, with each cell division. And there is a myriad of species now, I think 12 different species that are linked to the uh, cellular division or the replicative division based on telomere length. So it's not really the length of your telomeres, it's how fast they shorten. Some animals are born with super long telomeres, but they shorten fast uh, like mice. And some are born with short telomeres, like one species of sea urchin, that the telomeres actually erode very slowly and they live a very long time. So when we look at treating aging with gene therapy, we look at the hallmarks of aging and telomere attrition is one of those hallmarks. So in order to reverse aging entirely in a human being, we believe that you need to target all nine of those hallmarks. But telomere attrition, um, by targeting that and lengthening the telomeres, it has an impact on other hallmarks of aging, which is pretty exciting. So um, I don't think that one gene therapy or one gene in a gene therapy will cure all of aging. uh, But I do believe that uh, lengthening telomeres has the, the biggest effect on most of the um, or many of the hallmarks of aging. So, you know, our company is actually uh, focused on combinatorial gene therapies now uh, based on my results and, and other studies in animals. So I want to alert everybody, including, including you, Liz. We've had a lot of shows and they're all archived. That's why I archive it all in one place, including in iTunes. Uh, where we have done the hallmarks of aging, and we have Dr. Nir Barzillai lecturing on eight of the hallmarks of aging. The other day, I just interviewed uh, Phil Newman, Longevity Technology, who says that there are now 15 yeah. hallmarks of aging, including glycation, which we've been talking about. So for you personally, uh, you say, oh, I did this. It worked for me. I feel 20 years younger, or I am 20 years younger. I feel I am 20 years old. Is it the telomeres? What else do you feel was affected by your measuring your own results? Yeah, so that's that's an important thing because when you look at my telomere results and the associated age with my telomere results now, they're actually quite young. But you have to realize that these are this is just one hallmark of aging. So it doesn't mean that I am 22 years old in biological age by every hallmark of aging, it means that my telomere length is. And I think that that's one thing that the media has had a hard time um, coming to terms with is that you can reverse one biomarker of aging, but it doesn't mean that you have reversed all of your aging. And so, yeah, the the hallmarks of aging are expanding. Um, I think that the hallmarks of aging is a bit of a wish list. You know, it's things that we want to target. And some of the newer hallmarks of aging, yes, they're targets. That That's fine. But things like inflammation and things like that, I think, are still some of the downstream effects of the initial hallmarks of aging going wrong. So there are things that are symptoms of aging, and then there are things that are, you know, actually driving aging, like uh, telomere attrition and 
uh, mitochondrial dysfunction. So with telomerase, um, by lengthening the caps at the ends of the chromosomes, we we target a few things on the hallmarks of aging, whether you where, whether it's 15 or 9. Um, and that's telomere attrition, um, cellular senescence, and mitochondrial dysfunction. And so that in itself is is pretty powerful for one gene. And then, of course, you know, the the big research is finding all of the genes that are responsible for uh, settling up, you know, now all 15, I imagine in a couple of years, there'll be 25 hallmarks of aging. But again, by by targeting one, often you can then have a net effect of targeting multiple others. So do I think that by targeting telomere attrition and epigenetic alterations, we'll see a decrease in inflammation? Yes. Yes, I do. Well, so, you know, we're, we're get, coming to the end of our segment, and I'll tell you a little joke that I usually start my speeches with. Now, remember, I'm speaking to the consumer, the average person, usually a little older, and uh, ageism is a huge cultural issue. And people don't think there's a connection between science and this ageism. But I explain that in very layman's terms, what you just said, which is different parts of you age differently. Different hallmarks of aging, some may be very strong with a person, uh, and so, like they don't have a lot of inflammation, uh, but in others might be very weak. So I usually start my speeches with, I'm 75, and some parts of me are still good. Because you don't really know, not only does everybody age differently, but different parts of you age differently. And that means it makes no sense to talk about your chronologic age. Yeah, that's what's been so great about these tests in different areas, the DNA methylation, the telomere tests, and other aging-associated tests, is that they allow us to look at different parts of aging to see what your shortest fuse is, and hopefully in the future we'll have a, a treatment for that. Right. And of course, when we come back, I'm going to ask you what everybody asks me and every geroscientist in the world, even though, again, Liz is not a scientist, but she's deep into the science. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you use? That's what they always say. What do you do? We'll be back in just a moment to hear what Liz Parrish has to say about that. Full of it. But that doesn't bother me, not even a bit. 
appropriate for my age. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a bit. Cause I am happy and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bill, the Fountain of Truth about aging. And, uh, there, you know, I don't know what the Fountain of Truth is. I just named it that because I did not want to, of course, I'm making the allusion to the Fountain of Youth. I'm not so sure I would like to go back to being all that young. Uh, I really had a lot of problems when I was younger. And when you look at the U-curve of happiness, if we can believe in social science with regard to that, Younger people are not so happy. So what we really want to do here is not get younger. We don't want to stop aging. We want to keep the good parts, the wisdom part, the part where we know ourselves better, the part where we can make better informed decisions because we've had more experience. And at the same time, keep up the energy, the contribution to the world that we had when we were younger. So it's a complex issue. And making it more complicated is that there's biology going on around us while we are working on our psychology. And one of the people working on that biology is Elizabeth Parrish. She's the CEO of BioViva. We've been riveted, fascinated by her story of uh, looking into gene therapy for the whole body, looking at aging as curable, let's say, at the very least reversible, and her own experience. So... Uh, for all of us, we, we kind of want to ask, what do you do, Liz, uh, with regard to your own personal protocols? And that we're not endorsing it. You're not endorsing it. We're just curious, to be honest, what you personally do. I have to tell you, folks, go look her up. She's gorgeous. Not supposed to say it. That's now, you know, sexist in some way. But the fact is, you're very, very beautiful. And you are in your 40s. So does this have to do with gene therapy or are there other protocols of nutrition and exercise that are in your life? Well, actually, I'm 51 now. And oh, thank you for the compliment. See? That is, see? <laughs> that is kind. Um, you know, I mean, I have been a test subject for uh, gene therapy to treat biological aging since 2015. Uh, so I don't really uh, do that much around it. Um, I... Uh, you know, I believe in a healthy lifestyle that, you know, you need to get uh, ac- activity and exercise. And I'm, I'm a vegetarian. I'm not sure if that p- plays into it. I was a vegetarian before the gene therapy and after. Um, I, uh, I occasionally uh, would take some vitamin C. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have a, a, a regimen, I'm, I'm afraid to say, but uh, that's been important to me is to to live a, a pretty average life after the gene therapy because we wanted to see how much we could get out of it. I am a proponent of exercise and a good diet, um, but outside of that, I, I don't really have uh, any any big secrets. You know, this is the usual answer. Uh, one of the uh, leaders in geroscience at Stanford, I asked him, what does he do? And he says, I do what my mother told me to do. I just eat very good soup. <laughs> I, ex- no, I'm kidding. I exercise and um, I, I just try not to eat a lot of meat. And it, it, again, a Phil Newman, the longevity technology told me last week, oh, I don't exercise at all. Uh, I just, but I, I, I'm a vegetarian. 
So I'm hearing certain patterns from people. But the fact is, you have to know your own body, do your own thing, and it will happen because what you focus on expands. And if you focus on your longevity, then your lifespan expands. I truly do believe that. If you keep thinking you're old and you've had it, you are old and you had it. That's it. That's the deal. Yeah. And, I, I, and, and, you know, as far as the gene therapy, this is, you know, the most powerful uh, medicine in the world. And we want to see if you can set it and outside of moderation, forget it. Um, you know, the, 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 bettest, the biggest quality of health improvement and the least spending we would do is by using therapies that you might only need to take once every 10 years. And, and that's what this type of technology is, uh, which would give you a healthier uh, stance point uh, to work from. So if you want to work out, you know, I gain muscle uh, rather quickly now when I work out. And, um, and, you know, if you want to, you know, fudge a little on your diet here and there, it, it wouldn't cost, you know, society the amount of money that it does and the amount of suffering that it, it does to, to the you know, human population, which is when someone gets sick and becomes diseased. So, you know, this, the, the power of the gene therapy is, a, you know, a long-term expression of a, a geroprotecting gene. And, and so, you know, I'm very much a test subject to that. So, you know, I haven't done anything outside on the periphery around that. I just so, see how well this will work. Will work. So let's go back and tell everybody how to find BioViva. And uh, those people interested really ought to take a look at, because it gives you that, that golden thread from now to the future of what might be going on. Let us first know about BioViva, Bio how to find it again. And then I want to talk about what you guys are doing within the company right now. So first, how to find BioViva. Sure. So you can find BioViva at uh, bioviva-science.com and um, join our newsletter. And it'll give you all sorts of uh, information about what the company is doing and what's happening in the gene therapy space. Right. So you're going to Columbia and so on. It's already old news. and You're never somebody who stays in one place. So what <laughs> is happening now that you're allowed to tell us? It's probably a lot of stuff you don't want the world to know because it's uh, confidential and you're working on it. But for the consumer, what are the, if, if they were going to be following what you are planning and doing now, what's the excitement? Well, I think that the, the biggest thing that we're doing is trying to create better gene therapy delivery methods so that people can get precision medicine in one gene therapy. So over the years, I've taken four different genes, four different geroprotecting genes that um, help hopefully stave off the effects of biological aging. And um, we wanted to use a delivery method in which you could get those into one treatment. And if somebody had something like hemophilia A, you could also put the gene that they need into this gene therapy as well. So creating precision medicine. We had a, a paper come out in May of this year uh, in PNAS about what, what's happening in that uh, development. And, and we're really excited about it. We're excited to uh, bring a new gene therapy delivery method to the world in which will make their lives easier. So instead of going for four treatments, you would just go for one or, you know, depending on how many genes that you would need for uh, the best outcome for your cells and your body. So when we uh, come back, we're going to talk about, and I say this very crassly, the money, honey. Uh, you know, my background is as a financial advisor and a lawyer for many, many years in the elder law space. 
And one of the problems of being older and needing more and more care is how much it costs. So you are certainly somebody who is hoping that what you're doing is going to reduce Alzheimer's, reduce Parkinson's, all these long-term chronic diseases, and therefore save billions. On the other hand, somebody's got to pay for the gene therapy. Uh, So let's talk about longevity equity when we come back. And don't you guys go anywhere. Full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy. And I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bowl, the Thousand of Truth. A little bit of housekeeping. We just came off two major conferences, RADFest, which was a live conference, and uh, that uh, is very fascinating four days that combined geroscience, the new breakthroughs in aging, merchandise, things that you can buy, uh, effective, not effective, you be the judge, and also certain attitudes about aging. Can we really live forever? Should we pretend we could? And would that make a difference in the way we live? So I covered it in uh, three different sections on for YouTube and for our, uh, our uh, podcast. And you'll find all of that. If you would like a private copy with some of my private ideas, just go to adrianberg.com, contact me and say, yes, please send me the information on Radfest. The second conference was one that I had a lot to do with. And that is the Catalis Institute. I was uh, I helped founded it uh, and was the executive director for two years. It's mostly all geroscientists, and a lot of it is not so easy to understand, but a lot of it is, and we have it recorded for you. And I will be covering the parts that are totally understandable and for the public. And again, uh, I will be publishing that, but with some private thoughts. So you can go to adrianberg.com. Go to contact Adrian and say, yes, I would like to know more about the Metabesity Conference that took place in October. That was online, and you'll get an invitation to go to it live, I hope, in Washington, D.C. Okay, we're going to go back to our fascinating guest, uh, Elizabeth Parrish. Now, just to recap, she is the CEO of BioViva. BioViva is a research company. It's particularly looking into gene therapy. She is the controversial Braveheart that actually went to Columbia in 2015, was a patient zero for uh, gene therapy that didn't relate to a particular disease. Uh, In these several years, she feels that her age has been reversed or younger uh, than it would have been without that gene therapy. And she's pretty committed uh, to have everybody have the best kind of healthcare they can. But I asked the question I asked to all innovators, Liz, this is not cheap. What about the average guy? Are we ever going to be able to afford this? And under what circumstances might it be covered, which is the magic word of medicine, is covered? Yeah, so gene therapies are considered the most expensive medicine on the planet. Um, they are expected uh, to actually triple uh, in development over the next few years. And 
I think that we can solve a lot of those problems. So the reason that gene therapy is the most expensive medicine on the planet today is because the whole sector, the the early sector, was all um, focused on monogenic diseases, rare diseases that um, were the cause by one gene mutation. And what happens is a lot of research and development is put in and the population to treat is very small. But with aging, we'll be treating the entire population. As a matter of fact, even these people who are going through monogenetic uh, gene therapies will need an aging-associated gene therapy as well. And so by treating uh, the greatest medical unmet need and most of the entire population of the world, we should be able to have an affordable therapy. So not affordable today. Uh, in the future should be very affordable. So aging associated diseases cost the US government about $38 trillion. Um, and if you, you know, pin that out to 10 or 15 years, it's, it's an astronomical amount of money. So certainly that money can be repurposed to ensure that people get access to these type of technologies. You know, uh, the NIH, our National Institute on Health, has a National Institute on Aging which does a lot of the research and the government funds research on aging. Well, a lot of people are renaming NIA uh, as the National Institute on Alzheimer's instead of aging. Why? Because it's spending so much money on one disease, which is Alzheimer's. And it is a terrible scourge. So uh, what is the connection, if any, between gene therapy, let's say, and preventing Alzheimer's? It seems like it would have a direct connection. Sure. So when we look at genes, uh, we look at genes that target some hallmarks of aging. And therefore, if we're able to target all of those, again, with my data, it's in the telomere. So, you know, in telomere length, I'm younger and some other biological markers I'm not. We want to target all of them. And, and, and the whole point uh, to doing that is to eradicate the diseases associated with aging, which are really just a symptom of aging themselves. So dementia or Alzheimer's disease gives us a great ground in order to explore medicine. And this is why you see it so much. It's a very, very unrelenting disease. It's a disease that takes a personhood away from uh, a person and their loved ones. Uh, people tend to understand uh, how terrible that disease is. And so it becomes a uh, playground, if you will, for drug companies to come in and try to uh, create technologies that will affect that. Uh, the gene therapies that we use to look at uh, dementia are PGC1-alpha, clotho, and telomerase reverse transcriptase. And, but these genes would also uh, work at the core level of other aging-associated diseases. So you go into something like dementia. People understand that people need access to this medicine. Um, you can get an expedited uh, uh, route to get access to patients. And then if you can have a net benefit effect uh, with, a, with a therapy that would actually treat all of aging, you know, that's the hope is that then you can uh, use that drug off-label for other aging-associated diseases as well. Now, you know, what you're actually saying is what uh, Joan Manick, uh, Dr. Manick, who dealt with rapamycin and many other uh, mTORs, said is what the FDA's approach is. Their current approach, which has moved the needle, is that if you can use a disease, let's say, like Alzheimer's, and show that something is effective for that, and then 
showing it's effective in something else like Parkinson's or heart disease or other indices of aging, they would be willing to say this particular protocol or therapy or pill or drug is anti-aging. So this it doesn't sound to the public like this is moving the needle, but it actually is moving the needle. It's an incredibly slow process. I mean, it's a painful process. So if we applied today to do something that you could get access to very quickly in medical tourism, you know, it might take, you know, three to five years of working with the US FDA just to get into our first clinical trial. And then, you know, it's another 10 years uh, to get a drug approved for the population. So all the drugs that you have today are old drugs. And so, you know, this is why I've been pushing for something called best choice medicine, where terminally ill patients could get access to these type of technologies now. And the data from those outcomes could feed directly into the US FDA, de-risking their platform. Um, The US FDA requires an enormous amount of animal data that is not predictive of human outcomes. Whereas we have uh, millions of people dying, 41 million people will die this year of aging associated diseases globally. So, you know, that that is a criticism. Criticism is that it's a mouse model and we're not mice. But that is the way most lab testing and clinical testing is done first time. We all know that because we're all looking what's doing with the mice. Uh, and what you're saying is that that's a little bit on its head. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're 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 way beyond that. The all all four of the gene therapies that we look at right now have had enough basic data uh, to be in humans, and yet you know there there's still this requirement of an enormous amount of animal data that really doesn't tell us what will happen in a human. So let's go back to best choice medical plan because this is something that a medicine plan, something that you uh, feel strongly about. Now, is this only for? folks that are terminal so that they could get what is currently unapproved therapies, or is this a bigger overall uh, shakeup of the way we look at our medical system? Well, this would be initially for terminally ill patients to get access to technology. The terminally ill is defined as no other treatment for your condition. And so most of the aging associated diseases would fall into that uh, category because there is really, there has been traditionally no curative medicine for uh, a myriad of these diseases. So this is, this is, um, could be opened up wider uh, for uh, people who want to get access to drugs. But initially, it's, it's, you know, just for terminally ill patients, people who have been diagnosed with a condition uh, in which there is no other curative treatment for. So we very sadly have come to the end of our show, but I am going to re-invite you or somebody that you work with, whoever you, you would like, you would be my first choice for sure on medical tourism. We are have many times had shows on medical tourism, dental tourism, uh, and they've all been, I would say, uh, fascinating to the listeners, but also dealing with traditional kinds of medicine, knee replacements and beauty treatments and things that are already approved here. But mostly they are to save money as well as to go to a nice environment. Mm-hmm. But your kind of medical tourism is completely different. And I think it should be part of a series on medical tourism. So I invite I you to that. that. Yeah, because <laughs> you just mentioned it again, and I uh, it perked up my ears. So before we say goodbye, tell us again where to find BioViva. You can find us at bioviva-science.com. 
And we thank you so much. You know what I'm going to say because I want you all to be active agers, not just pickleball. That doesn't mean you can't play pickleball. But think about other things you could do for other people because it's not that you could have been somebody. You, It's not too late to be who you could have been. So get out there, kids, and make it happen. I'm As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.